Hey guys, what's up? This is Matheus Calera, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. <laughs> that time people love that sound and especially noteworthy sound tonight because it's pure joy it is pure joy yeah from our man in case you didn't know and you'll be able to hear this it's our man Dap's birthday today this is the second cast member who has had the birthday coincide with the recording day crazy it's fun it is it makes this the episode extra I mean every episode special But it makes it extra special because it's just a little bit more love. It's like the graham cracker stuff underneath the cheesecake. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. And I checked my birthdays on a Sunday this year, so. Well, we can do an extra episode on that. Day. <laughs> right? Oh, hey, everybody. It's 11 O'Clock Comics, episode 758. And I am Vince B. You are Vince B. I am David A. Price. You're supposed to say I'm the birthday boy, David A. Price. That's right. And uh, I am I'm cloning myself tonight because while I'm recording this podcast, I'm also playing the NFL opening game because I'm Tom Brady. Oh, boy. You all right? You're not Tom Brady. I hate when he's distracted. You're Jason Wood, everybody. You know he's the Cowboys are. I'm you, know, you know the Cowboys are going to lose. So Tom Brady's not the quarterback of the Cowboys, so that's right. good that, for Tom Brady. Yes, very good for Tom Brady. But you're not he. You're Jason Wood, and we're all together. And guess what? Hoka, hoka, hey! The specials are up at oh, Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com. One more time, dcbservice.com. Get your books, get them fast, get them delivered right to your door for a fraction of what everybody else is paying. I selected three, but this month there was a goodly number. I could have selected many more than three, but I, I limited it to three. First up, from Aftershock, it's Croak, number one, written by Paul Tobin. Art by Andy McDonald. Here's the rub. I love the, the sound of this book, so I ordered it. Seven years ago, an attempt to weaponize dreams resulted in holes being punched through the world we know and into the world of dreams. Nightmarish creatures now stalk the land, sprouting from and killing anyone unlucky enough to dream. The only way to save the world is for certain people to have their dreams come true. Which is how Risa Harumi finds herself not only fighting monsters, but forced to finding true love. Hmm. Monsters and modern dating. It feels like a nightmare either way, and the only help Risa has is a friendly-ish monster named Croak and her preteen daughter, Machi, period. From Paul Tobin, who wrote Bunny Mask, which is really good, by the way, and Andy McDonald who uh, did I Breathed a Body, Multiple Man, comes a unique story of one woman's quest to save the world if only she could learn the difference between love and monsters. It's a very fine line. Cover price on this is $4.99. And I guess I'm in error in my assumptions that 
the four ninety nine aftershock books go down to three ninety nine after the first issue because I'm still paying four ninety nine for some books, <laughs> but whatever. So uh, four ninety nine cover price, you can has it for half of that. That's two dollar and forty nine cents. Meanwhile, over at Image, we got Girl Scouts Stone Ghost number one of six, written. And the whole shebang is by Jim Mafood. This is superstar artist and comics making weirdo Jim Mafood returns to his creator-owned Girl Scouts universe for a brand new six-issue miniseries. Join Dio, Turtleneck Jones, and Gordy as they face off against the sinister and unpredictable evil of the teeth. Hilarious, over-the-top psychedelic adventure will ensue, you guys. Packed from cover to cover, no ads, with completely unique and eye-popping Mafood art, including bonus comics and behind-the-scenes fun. Plus, an absolutely stunning variant cover from our good friend Peach Momoko. Mm-hmm. Yeah, feel the funk. Um, I'm glad that they're giving you a little bit of heads up that there may be stuff in this that may not appear in the trade, hopefully. So, uh, give the you know singles buyers a reason to buy the singles. Um, cover price, $3.99. This could have been more. They easily could have asked a dollar more for this, and they would have got it. But they didn't. So three ninety nine cover price. Your price one dollar ninety nine cents. And bringing up the rear, but never in our hearts. It's dynamite. We got Sheena, Queen of the Jungle, number one. The Queen of the Jungle returns, featuring an all star creative team and the most amazing roster of cover artists this side of the jungle. Is that really a selling point? multiple cover artists i don't know the thrilling adventure combines the classic elements of the legendary character along with a modern sensibility that will make it the perfect debut for fans new and old and look at those covers lindsner perillo besh soydum cohen mooney cosplay (laughs) sheena is recruited that's being kind she's kind of forced to go to enter the biodome an amazing synthesis and of nature and machine where something has gone terribly wrong outside the dome she's faced with human trickery and deceit inside the dome she faces the deadly jungle and a fast murdering mystery Hmm. it's written by stephen mooney with art by jethro morales whole bunch of cover artists that i just named uh 3.99 cover price your price bum 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 dollar 99 dcbservice.com doesn't mind late orders and if you have to add something to your order you can do it up to a certain time if the order's passed you send them a message and they'll be glad to add it to your order anyway and you get your books delivered right to your front door it is amazingly easy just go there dcbservice.com and you get your previews for like Next to nothing. I, we always forget to mention that. I, well, I forget to mention that. But you get the previews, the DC Connect and the Marvel previews for like pennies. It's and it's, it's so wonderful to have a paper version of Connect again. <laughs> Love it. Well, that's a matter of perspective. You I'm glad. I'm gl- uh, yeah, because I uh, immediately just go to the end, look at the the trades offered, and that's it. Like I don't order any DC singles. I mean, this it is the Batman catalog this month. Oh yeah. I mean, usually most months, but I mean, it is it is overly Batman yeah. verse. I made that um, point in the uh, in my previous video. I, I counted there there if you count Batman books or or Gotham books, so like the Robins, 
you know, hardly. There are well north of 40 yes. single-issue comics this month that are Batman-themed. Like, That's crazy. That is fucking crazy, dude. Like, And I went on a rant about it because it's like I I just I, – listen, I the, these – the big two have been making comics long enough. They they know the business a lot better than than I do. But it just doesn't make sense to me. Like how on earth, even if you're the most diehard DC, if you're Mike Myers, like how like are you are you buying and reading forty Gotham books in a month? Like like you're you're not you're you and and so what what are people that are interested in Batman but not obsessed with him supposed to do? That are going to read Batman. Like the, the titular Batman, because that's that's a given. But then, what are they? What are they supposed to read? Like, wh- which ones are important? Which ones aren't? Which ones should they be excited about? Which one? You know what I mean? It it right. doesn't. I don't know. I feel like you're you're because I'm sure that a few of those are going to be kick ass. But I don't know. I, I don't know which ones are kick ass. Like I'm ordering the Lemire Dustin Win book because it's Lemire and Dustin Win. But I, I mean, yeah. everything else just seems like noise. Well, you got to imagine uh, that. Th- the Gotham-related books, even the ones that don't sell all that great, are going to probably move more copies than if they tried a, something a little bit more experimental and did like a Prez miniseries, or <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Or like another House of Mystery or something. They know that there's a built-in audience for that stuff. Just like the mm-hmm. X-Books used to be in the 90s. Like, there was a ton of X-Books because they know, yeah, they're not all, all the fans aren't going to buy all the books, but chances are far greater that someone would read a dupe miniseries than a, a, a Snowbird miniseries. You know what I mean? They'll, right. They'll also, they'll all be collected and they'll probably do, they'll look great on the bookshelves at, at Barnes and Noble and, you know, people who feel like buying something that they hadn't checked out before. I, I, I'm sure it's going to be right up there. They're all going to be available to read from now until the end of time. But it's you know it's it's, it's a weird. Long time. Like they don't they don't pace things out. Like yes, okay. So obviously there's fear state going on and everything's a tie-in. But mm-hmm. I mean, so is now the right time to really kick off the Cliff Chang miniseries? It's like you know you right. could have. I mean, wouldn't that make more sense to just because Batman '89 is going on right now? It's just no, like, that's there's what I'm saying. So like, much. It's, it's are, a lot of them are out of continuity. Which yep. is great for theoretically, like like you said, that there will be they'll be evergreen, quote unquote, and you can buy them and read them, and that's cool. But I, I just don't know how they and how do they expect the stores to advocate for these books, right? Right, like like most stores, if if it's a good store, ninety percent of those books, other than the 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 ongoings, are getting are only getting ordered for allocation. Like they're only getting ordered based on pre-orders. They're not they're not carrying them on the shelves or maybe they're carrying one copy, right? They're not going to no no stores taking the risk on carrying extra copies of each of those books on the shelves. They just can't afford to. So like it just yeah, it just seems weird. And it's not a and I made the point in the video, it's not just a, a DC thing. It's it's cyclical. Marvel did it a few months ago. I I counted there were over oh, 40 we'll right now. over 40 right. Spider-Man titles, you know. It, yeah, it was yeah. It was, and I included the the symbiotes in that. But I mean, but but that's absurd too. Like like, you could be the biggest super, uh, super the biggest Spider Man mark ever, uh, and you could love the symbiotes, but you're you're not gonna buy forty Spider books in a month. Like even even we're as diehard as they come. I, like I, it's just not gonna happen, you know. Like right. I, I just um, yeah, we say this all the time. I mean, if you give me three or f- three to five Batman books, you know two or three Superman books, two or three Spider-Man, if you just give me those every month, 
oh, if you give it a few months, people are just going to accept that those are the hot books. Like those are the books that matter for those characters, and you're going everybody's going to buy them and read them. Like, I, I, but you know, it is what it is. They, like you said, they they clearly, clearly, it's it seems as though they believe, and there's probably evidence that that the strategy is the optimum strategy for them for revenue. I, it must be. I mean, because they wouldn't do it if they didn't think it was. But it as a fan, it seems weird, and it just it makes like my head hurt. Yeah. Well, it's it's an I odd do, month. You uh, go. You go. No, I just I I do appreciate when when I look at the the main diamond catalog and and then the Marvel previews. I I do like the DC Connect that it's it's a little on the thinner side because even after you get past all the full page solicits for all the Batman books, the back half before you even get to the collections, but all the other singles that oh yeah we also published these books, they're. It reminds me of Amazing Heroes, where it's 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 the cover. There's a brief like like they cram everything else in a little paragraph, all in columns, and it's just it it I, I can go through it quickly. It's a nice quick read. It, we're not killing, wasting all this paper just to publish a catalog where you know it's just it's it's a full page of of a cover you're going to see in a couple of months. I just I, I Marvel's previews are because. More than half the page is obviously the cover or the variant cover of that issue, and then a couple of lines letting you know what's going, what it's about, page count and 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 price. I, I I I would like it if things were a little bit more streamlined. I yeah. I kind of demand a little bit of insight into what the sequentials are going to look like. Like I think Image has the perfect formula: show me the yeah. cover, give me the solicit, yeah. and then show me two three pages of sequential art allow me to make my decision based on what I'm going, what I'm buying, right? Or what I may be buying. Where right. if you just throw a cover up, I don't that's know. Not the interior art. Yeah. I don't know what it looks like. I, chances are very good that I won't even blink. I'll just page right past it. What I, what I like about the image previews is that for the most, they're, they're smart about it in some cases where they'll take, because it is a larger catalog, They'll take four pages and throw it on on one page, mm-hmm. just, and and that's great for the previous videos because then if I just take that that page to put it in in on on the screen, I'm not like killing people with a bunch of images. Here's the one page, and and it, yeah, but it's it's yeah. Image, did you uh, does well. speaking of image? Did you see that series that Tyler Boss is working on that you can get a vinyl record with? Each? I did. And yeah, I'm just it's, like it's, it's the same it's, it's the same crew as four it's, it's the two four, it's I know yeah. right and I'm like oh, you know you you you're roping me in with that vinyl but I don't know I don't know I, th- I think I'm gonna get it vinyl yeah yeah but uh, it's, like I said it it was a, it's a weird month for me because a lot of miniseries are coming to their end like i have mm-hmm. a lot of five of fives and and yep. and six of sixes on my list this month so i'm trying a bunch of different stuff from different publishers just to fill in those holes you know sure yeah why not but anyway we have uh libations to talk about because we are toasting our very good brother we love him so much mr david a price it's his birthday and in honor of his birthday i am drinking 19 crimes not the oh, 19 crimes I had last week. This is a new bottle. Of the one with Snoop Dogg on it? or uh, No, it's the, the this one is red, but it's not um, 2017. I think this is 2018. So, okay. Yeah. Nice. Well, uh, I, too, am having a, a 
cocktail in our birthday boy's honor, and I wanted to keep it all EOC. So, um, shout out to longtime friend of the show, Larry Bishop, who uh, a few months ago sent me a metric ton of um, alcoholic seltzers that he uh, sent me because he knew that I hadn't, you know, I gave up the gluten and stuff, so I haven't had beer in since January. So he sent me a bunch of awesome, like, craft local brew, micro brew seltzers that were gluten-free. And uh, I thought that was very thoughtful. And I am drinking a couple of those tonight. Uh, I have uh, their, by, this particular pair that I'm holding are by Odd Side. And uh, the one is pineapple, hard seltzer. And then that's what I'm drinking right now. And then when that's done, I will open up this Tiger's Blood hard seltzer <laughs> which is strawberry watermelon and a hint of coconut yeah winning so definitely winning shout out to larry for this thank you nice great huh uh i had a um a little something something with dinner so i since i didn't want to follow that up with wine um i decided since it's my birthday since i'm running low on it um because it is my favorite i am uh having the mictors us one Unblended American whiskey. Ah, nice. Nice. I think Dap's the hardest of us when it comes to the liquor. What? I don't know what that means. What do you mean hardest? He goes into the the rough stuff, like the whiskey and the... Oh, of course. That's that's news? That's not... No, I'm just saying. uh, Even if we drink beer, that's like... Well, not you anymore. But but (laughs) even if I drink a beer that's like, you know, 10, 11% alcohol he still has it all over us on the freaking oh yeah he's always drinking the the 100 proof stuff yeah it's nuts (laughs) uh dear lord nice 80 proof whatever all right so um once again happy birthday dap but we have Mm -hmm. comics to talk about and that's what we're going to do do. and since since uh joaquin here was uh was uh, a little bit tardy well, a lot bit tardy because he didn't appear on the last episode. He has to get down with uh, some some science here. Wait, what? explain the Joaquin to me, though. I just just came out of my mouth. Weird. Okay. Oh boy, I'm not. I'm thinking well, about it. Well, unfortunately, everything I read, you guys have told me I can't talk about because you haven't read it yet. So, uh, oh, okay. No, I'm kidding. Um, well, I, there's something I read a few weeks ago that I I have been meaning to clear off the pile because I did want to call attention to it um, for a couple of reasons. And uh, that was um, the Batman White Knight presents Harley Quinn. Hell of a title. These these titles get fucked sometimes. Lengthy title, but uh, the uh, what's that? Colons for days. Colons for days. This was the third volume in the I guess White Knight verse. Now, like it's it's a thing. I guess it's officially a thing now. There's three volumes, but it's. Uh, this is DC Black Label, but this is a continuation of the Batman world that uh, Sean Murphy basically is the showrunner for. He wrote the first two volumes of the Batman White Knight uh, uh, world. And then this this third arc is uh, co-written by Sean and Katana Collins, who some of you may know is his wife, interestingly enough. Um but the draw for me was n- no disrespect to Sean Murphy, but but the draw for me was the two other aspects of this book. First being uh, that it's featuring Harley, 
and second being that it was drawn by Matteo Scalera uh, as one of the things that he followed up his incredible black science run on. So as soon as I saw that Scalera was drawing Harley, I thought, well, the, the, the word balloons could be full of, of, of widgets uh, and wingdings for all I care. Wingdings. And I'm going to be, I'm going to be about this book, but um, yeah, I will say two things. One, you, you like, if you're a Harley fan and you're like a Scalera fan and you pick this up, I don't know that you could totally be into it. If you didn't read the first two white Knight. Uh, minis i do think it, it does directly follow those like for example bruce wayne is in jail and uh joker's dead and i'm not like giving anything away to, well, i guess i am if you didn't read the first two but they're years old so um but like that's the status quo and and it's going to be a little confusing i guess you could just i guess you'd figure that out quickly enough and just roll with it but um but yeah it, i do think it, this book definitely benefits if you're already into the white knight verse um and it picks up, like I said, where the second volume left off, which is where Bruce unmasks and turns himself in. So he's in jail. Um, and there's a series of murders that are Joker copycat murders. Uh, and we know they're copycat because, like I said, the Joker's dead. Uh, he died in the second series. And so the Gotham PD, um, with Renee Montoya is the commissioner, by the way, she... Uh, solicits the help of uh, Harley because obviously no one knows Joker better. And uh, like I said, Batman's in jail. So, uh, and so Harley, who at this point is not in costume, she's basically reformed. She's uh, a single mom. She's got two kids that she had as the Joker. Um, she's got two kids, two hyenas, and she's just trying to live her life. And um, it's been a struggle. And they basically recruit her to help solve these murders. And uh, and hijinks ensue. She, of course, she ends up donning the costume and, uh, you know, fighting the villain. Who I won't spoil who the villain is, but uh, it was great. And, you know, I, I love Scalera's work, as you guys know. I think he's one of the best in the business. And uh, he had done, some people may not realize, he was a Marvel artist for a long time. Uh, he had probably a five or six year run doing Marvel work every month consistently until he left to do black science, uh, which was probably about 10 years ago. So all in, so it's been a while, but it was really fun to see him do characters in the DC universe, particularly ones that I'm fond of um, just gorgeous, gorgeous artwork, absolutely stunning. And, you know, he's really visually not that far off from, from Murphy. They're, they're definitely in the same school, um, I wouldn't say one bites off the other. I'd say they just have very similar styles, which is probably why he got recruited to do this book. Um, but I thought it was great, man. And I guess I'm down for any version of Harley, you know, because this is a much different Harley than what we get in the ongoing that Riley's drawing right now, which is a much different version than what we're getting in the, uh, the, the adaptation of the, of the cartoon that we're getting right now. So, uh, but I find them all entertaining if they're well done. And I've said this before, but I think Harley is far and away, like I'm far more in a way interested in Harley in general than I am, say, Deadpool. And I know a lot of people think of me as a Deadpool guy. But as you guys know, it seems like more versions of Deadpool annoy me than don't. Whereas I seem a lot more open-minded to Harley interpretations. Like I'm okay with almost any version of her if it's done well. So yeah, definitely check this out. But again, with the caveat that like, don't just pick it up because you're a Scalera fan. Um if you want the narrative to make sense, you, you probably do have to have read the first two uh, arcs. 
It certainly looks good. Oh, 100%. I mean, how could it not, right? Right, right. It's Scalera. Scalera's a, a monster. The, the pages weren't that expensive, actually. Now, what do you consider not that expensive? Um, Like six, eight hundred bucks. Okay. But, th- I mean, I know that, but that's not that expensive for today's market. Right, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Do you want me to keep going or, or have I done my penance or should I? No, no you're not even close. Uh, you can do another one if you want. Why not? All right. Well, let's 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 liven up the place a little bit. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Let's, <laughs> what do you got? <laughs> this one. I'm going to shout out Chris Burton on this one because Chris is a fellow fan of the pure of the puerile naughty. Oh, comics. I know what this is. And this, uh, I kid you not, on Monday, I received four packages at our door, and they were all Kickstarters. How crazy is that? Four Kickstarter fulfillments on the same day. Um, and this is one of them. This is uh, by Embassy. It is the Piano Tuner, Volume 1, <laughs> by Ignacio Noe, which is N-O-E. Uh, Vince is giggling. We have spoken about Mr. Noe before on the show. He's a pig. He is an Argentinian artist who has spent... Uh, it's kind of weird because he spent the majority of his career drawing porn comics and drawing children's books. So, like, it's a little... Ah, I, like, I think the two go very well together. No, no doubt. No doubt. It is a little odd, though. Like, if you go to his website, you see, like, <laughs> you see the, 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 the bibliography of his work, and it's like, it's like picture books for kids and then hardcore porn comics. But either way, uh, I have never read his children's books, but I am quite intimately familiar with his erotica. Good choice and of words. Well, yeah, yeah. Um, he most of his stuff uh, he's been doing uh, erotica for I think close to 30 years uh, it's been published in different uh, it, not in English it's it's been published in there's a bunch of stuff in Spanish there's a bunch of stuff in French um, we talked I don't know a year or two maybe three years ago we talked about a couple of his that I had picked up uh, through an eBay auction, and I know you had read some of them, Vince, and we talked about him and how naughty he is. They were English translations. I think maybe NBM did a few years ago, but yeah. um, Embassy's a new a new publisher. Uh, they've put out two two books, this and something else, both kickstarted. Um, I believe there are plans to do more of of uh, of Noe's stuff, which is awesome. But look, this is puerile, ridiculous er- erotic comics. It, it, the premise, it's like a bad 70s porn movie. The premise is uh, there is a, a piano, an Italian piano tuner. He literally, his job is to tune pianos. And he's like, uh, you know, he's like the pizza delivery guy in Loverboy. He is called to homes or, or museums or estates to fix up pianos. And it just so happens that every time he's going to a place to tune a piano, there is some ridiculously vivacious woman or women who are desperate to get laid by him. And he ends up rather than tuning the piano, having very, very explicit sex with, uh, with, with one or more beautifully buxom women. Um, and, uh, that's what the book is. It's, it's an, it's, it's a bunch of chapters. Each one is an anecdote of different stories. And, uh, like any good porn, there's like a loose plot, but the plot is really not that important. <laughs> it's really not like it is just an, a means to an end. Um, he is incredibly adept at drawing uh, the the human form 
in all of its uh, different angles, and he is very explicit in his work, and uh, it's incredibly entertaining and titillating and escapist, and I thought it was terrific, and I can't wait for Volume 2, which they say is coming soon to Kickstarter. But uh, yeah, this is one you hide from the, the women and children. You don't you keep this one in your in your bed night stand under the Bible. You know, you know this isn't so. But yeah. hey, but it's awesome. It was it was great. You know, it's a, it was super fun and sexy. And uh, I just you know I love I love a well done bit of erotica. And uh, yeah, well, who doesn't? Um, you know, you can't find uh, a complete image of the cover of this online, which is odd. It, it's all cropped uh, Kickstarter promo size. I can't find anything. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I found yeah. a page for our people to peruse as they, uh, you know, tab through the gallery accompanying <laughs> this episode. But I, well, I, maybe it's a good thing because any page that I would find for the, from this, other than the, the pretty, you know, um, all ages one that I did find would probably be, you know. A little bit too explicit for our gallery, but I can't find uh, a complete representation of the cover. Strange, right. strange, right? Yeah, yeah. But again, this man can draw. That pinup book was like, woof, <laughs> crazy. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Ridiculous. No, I mean, uh, it, it's yeah. He's, <laughs> um, you know, he he definitely has a shaken vibe to him. Mm-hmm. Right, like it's it's a little smoother. Yeah, I'll give him that. Than shaken, but like, and I probably it's it, but the face the faces very much like him. The explicit nature of you know shaken's obviously done some very very naughty comics. Um, you want some of this? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, I'm I'm it was it was terrific, and I know I'm not I know plenty of our EOC family back this Kickstarter. So nice, yeah, yep. it certainly does look good too. I say mm-hmm. that all the time. And I don't know if you can get. I don't. I should have looked this up. I don't know if you can get this elsewhere. Like this isn't something you're gonna buy on Amazon. I don't think so. Yeah. Again, I I looked at the uh, embassy site and it's just uh, now shipping. Thank you for making. I know. That. Yeah. They don't have any. Yep. They don't have any uh, fulfillment out there. So it's crazy. But uh, yep. it pays to be uh, in the Kickstarter, right? That's right. You guys know this was a little bit of a rough week. Uh, probably mm-hmm. rough 10 days for me. So I'm all about the comfort with these books tonight. Uh, not a whole lot of heavy lifting. Just uh, speaking to my heart. So uh, I was compelled to read The Army of Darkness, 1979, number one. Written by Rodney Barnes with art by Tom Garcia. Color by Danae Ribeiro. And, of course, when I say Army of Darkness, you immediately think, well, Sam Raimi movies, right? Evil Dead, you know, Ash, the whole um, boomstick, Hail to the King. You'd be right. That's exactly what this book is. But uh, you may be wondering why it's titled The Army of Darkness 1979. If you know your Raimi classic trilogy, Evil Dead came out in 81. Evil Dead 2 came out in 87, and Army of Darkness came out in 1992. So where are they getting this 1979? How does this factor? Well, this book is literally a a combination of Army of Darkness with Walter Hill's 1979 classic, The Warriors. Wow. Yeah, so if you're a fan of The Warriors, and who's not, really? Who isn't? 
uh, this is going to be right up your proverbial alley. It takes place, it starts off in 1979, New York City. And there's a rumble in the Bronx. All of the gangs are are warring for dominance, right? Uh, Again, very much in the spirit of the movie. You got a bunch of gangs, each with their own theme, right? Uh, They're all at each other's throats, hoping to win the streets. You have the half-deads, and this may elicit uh, some chuckles, but their leader's name is Phibia, and he has a little brother named Tibia. <laughs> uh, and there's also a girl among the half dead called Lilith. Of course, there is, right? You got a group called the Dominoes, who are led by oh, a man. Oh, now, now you're talking. Well, right. Well, uh, led by a man named Ace. But uh, the problematic group, and there are newcomers on the scene, they're called the Warlocks, right? And they got a, a leader named Bishop. And he, he walks into this altercation between gangs and he's like, you guys are all going to be serving me soon. And he's clutching a book in his hand. It's like, what, what is this? Uh, turns out it's not just any book. It's the Necronomicon Ex Mortis, <laughs> it, the Book of the Dead, right? And he waves his hand and gang members are somehow separated from their flesh. They're stripped to the bone. Um, then it flashes forward to the present day. <laughs> this is another stupid, really silly, stupid take. Uh, Ash is in Washington State, and he's applying for a job at Richardson Lumber as a lumberjack. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, he's the boss is like, you got your own tools? And Ash is like, do I got my own tools? You know, whatever. Um, and he's, he's showing the boss what he's got, cutting down a tree. And wouldn't you know it, one of them there pesky portals opens up. And Ash is sucked in. And where does it spit him out? Well, you can write it. You know, the story writes itself. New York City, 1979. Smack dab in the middle of the gang war. Um, you know, Fibula and the half-deads, they see Ash come out of the portal. And having seen what they just saw with the warlocks, they think Ash is one of the warlocks, right? Magic is afoot. What's going on? Uh, they capture him and they truss him up. Um, and Ash tries to convince them otherwise. Um, uh, Fippy is torturing him, threatening him with his own chainsaw. And uh, right before he can uh, hurt our man Ash, a wave of deadites pours into the room. And it pushes, the, the, the deadites push many of the half-deads way past the halfway mark, let's just say, right? So uh, Phibia bids adieu to the land of the living, but Lilith is pretty smart. She frees Ash, and he grabs the boomstick, you know, and the chainsaw, and Ash does what Ash does best, but it doesn't last long because um, as Ash is, is blowing away these deadites and, and, you know, chopping them to bits, the blood that sprays and hits the floor transforms into mini cops tiny little <laughs> diminutive policemen <laughs> and they swarm old ash and then the the issue ends in a cliffhanger but um there are a lot of things that 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 speak to my heart but i, I would have to rank evil dead and army of darkness the and the whole ash concept in general really high on my uh my comfort meter 
right? Sure. I mean, it, you know, it's it's tailor made stuff for me. But I thought this this comic was great. Um, the art again uh, was wonderful. Uh, Tom Garcia. It, it's certainly more. Uh, I'm not going to go there. It, it it was it was great because he captured. Um, Ash without having to resort to stock photography and, um, uh, you know, many uh, other ways of of uh, capturing a likeness. You know, he didn't trace, he didn't pause the DVD player or the Blu-ray player and, and get a, a still from it. This is mm-hmm. this is just plain out car- cartooning. And, and it's That's one. good. See the yeah. Yeah. Uh Does every single image of ash capture bruce campbell's exact likeness no it doesn't have to um you know there there are many artists like john bolton he he has done a a fair amount of of uh images featuring ash and his ash does not look dead on like bruce campbell and even j scott campbell doesn't draw bruce campbell exactly like Bruce Campbell, like the the spirit of the 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 person that is Bruce Campbell is there, but it's not line for line exactly rendered like Bruce Campbell, which I love. You know, if you can take inspiration from the 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 real world, the physical, and transform it into your version of this character, and I know exactly who it is, right? It's a win. I just thought this book was a whole lot of fun. And there's it a sounds sh- fun. Yeah, it, 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 come on. I don't know how to say it any other way that I love this stuff to begin with. So mm-hmm. I'm the target audience for this. So if this if this book didn't work with me, there would be a problem. And it just, all of it clicks. Magic, New York City in the best decade ever. Like the 70s are my New York City. It was dangerous and dirty and disease-ridden. Uh, but that's the when I think of New York City, the seventies. That's my time, and this book for it being set in. And I love the Warriors movie. Like Walter Hill's movie is just great. I saw that. Oh, geez, maybe four times in the theater when it came out. I mean, we just kept going back. It was it was something unlike anything we'd seen before. So, um, and uh, there's a an homage to that. Early in the this comic, the leader of the Dominoes says, "Can you dig it? You know that's straight from the Warriors. Like they're mm-hmm. they're playing, their instruments are in tune, and they're playing my damn song. So, if if you like what I like, and you love genre movies from a very particular period, and you love Sam Raimi's Evil Dead movies, then you'll really love Army of Darkness, nineteen seventy nine. And it's a miniseries; it's not a one shot. So there's more to come." Nice. That's great. Yeah. Super. Super. You are, uh, like, you definitely are the dynamite rapper. I'm, I'm such a mark. I know. <laughs> but you know what? I, I'm unapologetic. I like what no, I like. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It's, it's, you like what you like. I'm, it's just that, like, when I look through the previews catalog, I always think there are certain publishers, and I'm like, yeah, I mean... I order a dynamite, like maybe one dynamite book a month. Oh, jeez. Like maybe. Yeah, I get like. No, I know, and then I'm like, <laughs> I get too many. He's gonna gobble this all up. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, you know what? There's a, a very, very strong undercurrent of pulp 
at Dynamite. Oh, 100%, yeah. Even though they, you know, their stock in trade is cheesecake. Mm-hmm. So that's fine. But uh, it's it's cheesecake mingled with the pulp, and I, I'm a mark. I'm down for it. So Right. Yeah. We like what we like, dude. It's true. Yeah, I, I'm going to sure. apologize for it. I enjoy it. Damn no, hell yeah. No, yeah. I don't apologize for it, dog. That's right. Shit. Birthday she- boy, what you got? Uh, I have something from Europe Comics. Uh, it's oh, called. Oh, my, my ears are perked up. <laughs> I, I I don't know how you. I mean, you might you might like this, Jason. It, it's um, and it's it's definitely it leans towards the sci-fi more than anything else. Um, and it definitely has that that heavy metal feel that I find a lot of um. Europe comics and even the magnetic books have, uh, but it's called the man who invented the world. And it's, uh, it's by Rodolphe and Marchal and colored by Sebastian Bouet. And, uh, I'm sure I butchered every single one of those names, but it, it story takes place. We start off in space, um, with a lone ship piloted by, uh, two service members. And, while they're out exploring, um, some dark matter enters the ship, and uh, and then we basically just cut the black, and we see one of the members of the ship waking up from a nightmare. And uh, we find out this is Captain John Bowman, and shortly after his introduction, we meet uh, Lieutenant Charlene Barrymore, who goes by Charlie. Um and this takes place in in the future, obviously, but not so far in the future where it's a complete dystopia or utopia. There's still wars, although this time we're kind of fighting wars. It's not quite Starship Troopers, but we are fighting uh, alien menaces that, or alien races that uh, seem to want to take over earth so um so instead of just fighting all the wars on land we've taken it to space um but what kind of hooked me on early on is that uh we're all kind of we're we're when we meet lieutenant barrymore she's arriving on a um in a bay um on an artificial island known as uh, DAC three. And it's basically designed, um, it's co- contains high end facilities, homes. It, 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 it's very clean and neat, but it's basically designed for, um, for officers returning from missions, uh, to who need relaxation, unwind, uh, just kind of get reacclimated to the civilization. So, um, so, you know, she's kind of just enjoying her time to herself and um she ends up meeting John Bowman and they hit it off um they 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 kind of become friends she's basically she's more like one of the guys more than um you think there's going to be any sort of romantic and in entanglements it just it, it it's pretty much purely platonic for for a good chunk of the book um because they do end up together but before that um 
there's something not quite right because Bowman seems very paranoid and uh and turns out rightfully so but he um he's he he he's not sure really if he can trust Charlie um uh, and and there's just something going on in his head. He's not he doesn't he's not comfortable in his own skin. He's not he's 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 agitated. Um, he doesn't lash out at her or anything. He's not he's not mean, but he's just he's he just seems frustrated and 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 annoyed by things. And um, he kind of just wants to. He realizes you know we're here on this island and and you know obviously we're being watched. They're tracking our every move. Uh, you know, we have to go in to see the doctor like weekly and, and we're getting constant checkups and, you know, they, they, they just want to, even though they're like, Hey, you're, you're, you know, thanks for fighting these wars for us. Take some time off for yourself. We're still not alone and, and, and we're not free more or less. Um, so they, uh, they dip out. They, uh, Bowman's like, follow me. You know, let's 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 take this place, this just place, and um, and they make their way to uh, to the edge of the island. And there's a um, and there's a a small boat, um, a fishing boat that Bowman knows comes around the area often enough. So um, so he comes around, offers to to pay them to to get them to um, civilization, more or less. They think they're getting away and and free from prying eyes, but they're not. They're still, um, you know, the 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 army is still the service. The government is still watching them, um, but they're kind of just. It's almost like they're on vacation. They're just they're 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 hopping on monorails and they're and but they're doing it all like as if they're just trying to lay low they're sneaking out the planes or sneaking out the trains and um whether they think they're ditching their watchful eyes or uh or just trying to feel something or just get out of some sort of rigorous routine um and and they've got plenty of money between them so it's not like they're they're, they're not just wandering around like they got a, a a satchel hopping on freight trains but uh <laughs> when we do um it's a good analogy right it, 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 it they uh while they're walking around new york they're they're having some conversations and and um there's uh there are moments where bowman almost forgets that uh that, you know, Charlie has seen some shit and, and he's not, he's not trying to blow smoke up her ass or anything. He's not, he's not trying to come off bigger than he is. He's just, he, he kind of forgets, um, that he's not really in this by himself, um, or that he might actually have somebody to talk to, but it turns out that maybe he really should be, um, confiding in Charlie, but we do end up seeing that, uh, why, why Bowman in particular is being so, um, so watched and and uh and and things get a little weird because they end up do getting they get um 
while they're walking through the city um, one night, they end up in a um, in an alleyway, and a couple of ne'er do wells, some hooligans, come up to them and uh, up to some tomfoolery. Yes, and and so one of them whips out a blade, and and Charlie's like, you know, she's got a sudden rush of adrenaline. She's uh, she's like, you know, she's ready. She gets into she gets into position. She 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 she's got her stance down, and Belma's just kind of sitting there, hands in his pockets. He's all smirking and whatnot, um, and uh, and he's like having a conversation with her while she's ready to like take on these dudes. And he's like, "Hey, when you were a kid, do you remember picturing yourself as an adult? You don't remember?" And and she's like yelling at John, like, "You know, you do something. We're about to get. They're trying to mug us." And um, and and before she can like lay the roundhouse kick on one of the dudes they all just disappear they're all just gone and 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 she's like baffled and flummoxed and and he's still continuing this conversation he's like so you don't want to answer huh i wanted to be like tarzan you know the wild man jumping between trees he had a girlfriend named jay and he's like it's it's as if like he was completely oblivious to everything that was fucking going on and 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 the his superiors are still they're they're watching all of this and and they're like well there you have it uh it, it's you know it's it's uh they were there and and we're watching it in like real time as it all played out they were there and all of a sudden they're gone and um and it's almost like Bowman didn't even see them like like he wasn't interested he's not he, he obviously isn't worried um but all of a sudden he just his his they they notice that his expression changes ever so slightly and um his smile disappears and then that's when the the thugs disappeared um so they 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 capture john and charlie um and put them in this cell uh no no windows it's like stone all around um and she's feeling a little claustrophobic. She she's she's screaming to get out. She has no idea what the hell's going on. She has no idea what the hell John was doing when when they were about to get attacked. Um, and she's like, you know, you 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 did something. She's she, she's trying to. She realizes my man has some sort of abilities, and she's she, she's she's demanding that he fix this and get them out of this situation, this predicament. And, um, and she starts screaming and, and, and almost basically ready to throw her head against the wall and thrash about. And next thing you know, they like, they come to, um, on the shore next to some, um, broken down tugboat. And, um, and, and, and she's like, she realizes now that something, he, he obviously has something, there's something about him that he could do something. Um, and, uh, and we see the, the officials, the superiors go back to the cell and it's, it's empty. They're gone. Um, so we kind of just have to figure out why, um, why he can do these things, why the government is watching him, why they, um, what else is going on that, uh, that, that, what can he do? And and, and it kind of it went into it didn't go in a completely different direction than what I was. I, I wasn't expecting anything when I just started reading this, but um, it's it it isn't. Um, there's 
there's a little bit of um it ends up being a little bit more layered than i expected because um there's almost like uh there's 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 the obvious angle where this guy has these abilities but um but then where does charlie fit into this and what is the government up to and and it just it it kind of goes in a different direction and and things just all end up um converging but it really i i really really did enjoy it, it I, I read it basically in an afternoon and it, it was i mean it looks great but um it was i'm not saying it was a quick read it was just it was engaging and and i really couldn't um i couldn't stop it was it it it, it was it kind of just one of those like vince was just saying uh or even with the piano tuner it's just it was one of those things which just kind of hit me and and um and I was grooving to it, but I, I I liked it a lot, and I would definitely recommend it if you find it. If, if you see it on Comixology, um, I would recommend it. But yeah, I uh, I thought it was um, it, it. There are some things that that did kind of happen just based on reading these types of stories over the years, but um, you know, it could have ended. It could have ended a couple of different ways. Um, I'm not entirely surprised it ended the way it did. But it works in um, in the context of of the overall story. But I dug it a lot. Yeah, the man who invented the world. I would uh, definitely recommend it. Right on, Europe Comics, man. They're another one. They just get it done. They do. You know, absolutely. They have a really good eye for curating stuff and bringing it over. Indeed. Got to wake up, Vince. No, you got to do your due. You talking about me? Yeah. All right. Well, um, let's uh, let's keep with the with the with the European import love then. Now, I promised Vince I wouldn't go into great detail on this because he wants to read it. He has it coming, but he hasn't read it yet. So I will. I'll give uh, high level high level praise for this, which is cool. Uh, the latest by Mr. Tony Sandoval. It is a thousand storms. Uh, brought over as most of his stuff is by Magnetic. Uh, this was originally published in France in 2018, but uh, Magnetic always uh, translates Tony's stuff and kindly gives it to us in a beautiful hardcover package. Uh, this is, in a nutshell, Tony taking a stab at telling a story about Ilyana Rasputin, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> there's yeah. a little... Uh, she's just she's just pubescent, and I bring that up because in, in, this, in the book, she addresses the fact that she suddenly got breasts. Um, so she's, you know, teenage girl. Uh, her name is Lisa. She's a loner, basically. Uh, if you're familiar with Sandoval's art style, it's... She's... Typical of that, I mean, she's extremely skinny with kind of an oversized head, small nose. Very, I mean, he has a he's a type. Um, she's very is this, pale. Uh, hmm? it, it, does this tie into Water Snakes at all, or is it a completely different story, different universe, different? No, yeah, he... no, it's it's separate. Okay, yeah. Um, and Lisa is uh, she's a loner. She she collects. Like she likes, she's a collector. She likes to collect trinkets, things like that. Uh, and she comes across a like a helmet. It looks like a Viking helmet. 
and she puts it, you know, she puts it on and then it imbues her with an ability to see things and go places. And again, I'm staying kind of vague cause I don't want to blow up Vince's spot, but, uh, but yeah, like the Eliana Rasputin angle is that basically this, this girl is, is Hellspawn, you know, and she just the way is, I like them. Yeah. She's, she's a teenage girl who's got a crush on boy at her school and, and wants to make friends, but is shy and like living a relatively normal life. Her, her mother, she's, she's a, she lives with, with her godmother, which I wonder if it's like a translation thing. So it's almost more like a foster mom, but they call her godmother in the translation. So I'm going to, I'm going to go with that. Cause that's what they say, but it's, it's not really like that. Right. Like we don't like, we don't really have it in, in our world. It's like godparents aren't necessarily the ones that like take you in if you're orphaned. Maybe they are. I, I don't think of them that way. My godparents certainly wouldn't have been the ones that took me in if my parents died. But um, well, they're supposed to. Um, yes. Okay. So in, maybe, I mean, maybe, in Italian families. Okay. So, so maybe that is intentional. But whatever. She's living with her godmother, who appears to be a single woman on her own right, and her godmother's son. Um, so you know, like her adopted brother, who's kind of an annoying, a little bit younger, annoying, and he 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 hates her. He is convinced that his that Lisa is a witch, and he's he's he tries to elicit uh, support from other students to like catch her doing witchcraft and punish her and that sort of thing. And um, you know, the thing about a Sandoval book is it's always he always skews towards the fantastical and the mystical, and he's his art style is is haunting and uh, ethereal. Yeah, uh, you know, it's 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 such a distinctive style that you probably either love it or hate it. I, I mean, I love it. I think we all love it. Um, and, and this book is, like I said, it's in, in a lot of ways, it's a, a story of, it's a coming of age story, but it's, it's one with a demonic, uh, twist. There are demons in this book, Hellspawn, And, and then, uh, the thing I'll, I'll really give him credit for. And again, I'm going to be vague here is the way that it ends is totally unexpected. Like I, I just didn't, I did not expect the book to end the way it did, and any time a book ends in a way that you don't see coming, I give huge credit to, because if you've read as much fiction and as much comic as we all have, like you feel like you've kind of read it, seen it, done it all, and like more often than not, we're just entertained by uh, a well-done representation of something we're already familiar with, like tropes that we've already seen, but like, oh, that's a good version of that. So anytime you give me something that I didn't really see as 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 uh, following the trope or a bit unconventional, I'm I'm all for it, and that's what we got here. And um, yeah, I mean this just reiterates like Sandoval's just a, an absolute beast. I mean, Water Snakes and Doom Boy and A Glance Backward, like they're all they're just all excellent. And he's just a consummate pro. And I love that Magnetic uh, continues to to bring his stuff over to us. Uh, you know, non non-multilingual people you know our damn americans all you know we assume everybody speaks english it's nice that magnetic caters to us truth i also love that magnetic like gives us the same trade dress on all their books you know like same size hardcovers with the rounded corners like i love that yeah yeah i i mean my comic room is a mess but but i do have visions of cleaning it up soon and and i'm like very excited about having a whole shelf just full of the magnetic books, all looking yeah. nice, pristine next to each other. Yeah. Yes. Well, guess what? What? We have a magnetic orama. 
Oh, Magneticorama. Holy shit. <laughs> I don't know if i'm gonna give mine as glowing a review as you gave yours oh, is it is it wait because i read another magnetic book that i didn't care for i'm wondering if that's what you're about to talk about um uh, we might have read the same one jason well I'll, I'll just spill the old beans this is called after the fall oh no that's not what i'm talking about i do have that yeah i have that i have that on tap but i haven't read it yet but yeah go ahead now you got to give me a little bit of a insight into magnetic because this is a single issue digital uh, yes. It's named after the fall number one, right? Yep. I remember this book being offered as a one volume, yeah, edition. They so do that's that. they do. They're, so they do piece it out. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So it, it was written by Laurent. I'm going to guess it's Kayesi. Dude, Magnetic does us no favors with the names. I know, yeah. it, but it's illustrated by Jusen, so that's pretty damn easy. Um. <sighs> I'll start by saying it is exquisite. The art is absolutely captivating. It's gorgeous. I think it usually is with magnetic. Books. Yeah, um, and it's it's uh, fully painted, very smooth uh, tones. Uh, you know, you don't get the roughness of a watercolor or the the texture of an acrylic. These are very smooth progressions of color uh again it's an easy mark to say oh this is something you would see in heavy metal but it's fits right and sometimes the easiest explanation is the best and mm -hmm. and you know it it, it looks it, it probably is it's a euro import um that was originally published as an album but now they i guess they chopped it into a single issue it ends on a really strange note but um Jason will dig it because it's a post-apocalyptic tale. Love it. Where the survivors are broken up into tribes, um, groups of hunter-gatherers, right? So you, it starts off with this uh, young man named Rudier. And uh, he's hunting, as they all are. But, but Rudier is used as the bait. And he smacks this bison water buffalo-esque creature on the ass and the creature gets pissed off and chases him giving his tribe members ample opportunity to kill it and so successful day in the hunt right and he's he's they're all slapping him on the back and like yeah you know maybe there is use for you youngster and so he's it, it, it's a it's an initiation of sorts mm -hmm. uh into the tribe right uh so he gets back to where the rest of the tribe is. And uh, there's a young lady named Giala, gorgeous young lady, red-haired woman, and uh, obviously the object of Rudyard's uh, affections, right? And uh, she's obviously att attracted to him, but she's a bit hesitant to go beyond the friend zone. Uh, she has motherly instincts. She, uh, she tends to the children of the other women as they do what they do, right? Um, this other woman's name, Firva, and she, she, uh, Giala watches her child. But this is where the strange, uh, a strange aspect of the book comes in. Like, Giala's fully clothed. Okay. <laughs> but there are women walking through everyday life in this book, like, topless. They're just walking around with their, their breasts hanging out. And they don't think anything about it. Like, Rudyard's young. 
ish. He, uh, he's a twenty something, as are all these characters in this first little bit of the book. And um, Firv is attractive, and she just comes into the scene and just, you know, as God intended, and and nobody bats an eye. And there are other characters in the book that they'll enter a frame, and they're from the waist up, they're nude. And I'm like, but then there are other characters that wear clothing. So <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I I don't understand. Like, I guess it's just whatever makes you feel good in this post-apocalyptic world. But I'm guessing if you're hunter-gatherers, being topless is not going to be an asset, right? You're, you know, you're you hunting. you Naked and Afraid, you can know that. Yeah, I've never seen it, but I've seen the, the commercials for it. Um, so the, the tribe is enjoying the spoils of the hunt, right? But they're interrupted by invaders. And it, it's a, another tribe but they're all men and uh during the skirmish we're told that you know lore has it that there's an evil pack of bastards that that roam the land in search of women and they they use them they abuse them and they kill them and it appears that this group of of men are exactly that uh within this group you have the leader his name's Fowl, F-O-W-E-L, but I guess the the sound of the word very much applies, right? He's Fowl. Um, and there's a character that's called Prophet. And Prophet walks around with headphones on, like big, big cups, big headphones. And apparently he talks through the gods through his headset. Hmm. But now shit hits the fan. The This, this band of men attacks... The youngsters, uh, people die. Poor, well, I won't say. Uh, people die. And uh, during the skirmish, the prophet loses his headphones. Because as they're attacking, this giant reptilian creature just starts chewing up people. It, and it's gorgeous to see. It's a beautiful rendition. Um, Action packed, very picturesque, very beautiful color palettes through the whole thing. So this creature just stomps in and he starts chewing up people and um, Giala takes his headset. Right? Nothing good is going to come of this. Um, During the skirmish also, there are children involved. There are babies in this tribe and the babies scatter and they all go through this this hole in the rubble um, and and, uh, Rudger tries to help them but from the hole in the rubble emits these giant snakes. Like, I'm telling you, this is like Edgar Rice Burroughs material, right? Giant snakes emerge from the rubble. Rudger gets fucked up. We don't know what happens to him. Giala's on the run. Um, and she runs into another tribe who saves her. I won't say from what, but saves her. And this other tribe, they appear to have some kind of powers because they're not... They're not a uniform race of people. They're they're all over the place. One guy's gray, and he and he has like a, a the the typical Star Trek nose head affectation. You know, um, another one's a woman, Caucasian woman. You have one child in the group. Apparently, it's the only child in, in the group. And the last page it ends with a Giala meeting these people, and it's like, well, tell us about yourself, and and that's it. That's how it ends. But I can't say I didn't enjoy it. 
because I obviously did, or I wouldn't be talking about it. The art, as I said, is just jaw-droppingly gorgeous. But in terms of of having read a bunch of this post-apocalyptic stuff before, is it anything different than from the stuff I've read previously? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, in in the the in case of the art, yes, it is because I, I um, this level of of visuals. Uh, is 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 very much appreciated um i think it's it's just an absolute um it's rapturous to see this art that's how polished and and uh uh pristine it is i i, I loved the art a lot but the story eh, kind of run of the mill as to where the rest of the book goes this is like i said i didn't read the full volume i read a mere chapter of the full volume so maybe the story gets re- a lot better i don't know um, I, I would like to know what happens with Giala and the prophet's headset. Like, who's he talking to? Um, where, what is this God? Where is the power to... Maybe he's just listening to Snoop Dogg. Ah, yeah, <laughs> maybe. Uh, where, where's the power that, that, that makes this headset spring to life coming from? I don't know. Uh, question marks. But, uh, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued, which uh, means I'm going to have to check out the one volume because this single issue has done nothing but left me wanting more, right? <laughs> so I guess that's a success on the, the the part of magnetic, right? But I mean, if you do a little, you, you can see images from this in the in the, the gallery. If you do just a little search for After the Fall, Jews in, you'll see the art. And it's just, it's impeccable. It's very nicely done. So uh, very sexy, um, yeah. even when it shouldn't be, right? <laughs> right. Eh. Yeah, so uh, I thought it was it was very good, with reservations. Like I need to see the rest of the story, but uh, in in terms of a very enticing visual package, wow, it's kind of hard to surpass this. So okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I get pretty much everything magnetic does. I think. I mean, they do a couple like children's stuff that I don't get, but. Like anything that's intended for adults, I feel like I get, and I like to love almost all of it, and that's why I have to say, like, I was stunned this week when I read a magnetic book that I didn't care for, um, yeah. and it's actually an oversized collection too. So, like, the cle- I mean, the the packaging is gorgeous, um, and I don't know, Dap, if if you you had said you might have read the same thing, but I'm talking about uh, Monolith. Yeah, and I don't remember if this was a Kickstarter or if I ordered it for previews. I don't remember. I don't but, think it was. I just remember seeing it in previews. Yeah. And it's a, a visually stunning cinematic suspense thriller illustrated by art designer LRNZ, I guess Lorenz, and written by Roberto Reccioni and Mauro Uzio. Technology can be your best friend, dot, 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 or your worst enemy. Um, yeah, I, listen, uh I am not generally a fan of, like, I'm not a car guy. You know, I just, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I've never been the kind of guy that wants to look under the hood, or talk about how many, you know, how many horsepower an engine has, or what kind of exhaust it has. Like, I mean, I appreciate the Fast and Furious movies because they're fun, but like, I, I've never been like, I don't know, I'm just not a car guy. You know, it doesn't appeal to me. So I buy magnetic stuff basically sight unseen because i trust them 
So I'm going to put the blame for this on me. <laughs> like it's, it's, this is a me problem, not a them problem. Cause I think the solicits and the, and the preview images were pretty clearly indicating this was a book about a car, but I guess I didn't really pay attention to that when I ordered it. So I'll say two things. Um, L R N Z. Well, I'm going to say Lawrence. I don't know if that's the way he wants it to be said. Um, clearly a talented creator, but the work is computer generated. It's it's not it's not traditionally drawn, and it looks computer generated. It it looks to me like those '90s CGI cartoons before they figured out how to make smoothing and rendering, you know, and shading. Um, it, it's just it looks like almost graphic arty and 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 blocky in a lot of places. And effectively, and I'm going to be very vague here. Effectively, it's a story of a young woman who is a single mom. Uh, who is gets basically in a battle of wills and survival of the fittest between her and her car, who's like this smart car that's kind of like trying to protect her and her kid. And it, it, it it just didn't work for me on any level. Like the art didn't work for me. The premise didn't work for me. The pacing didn't work for me. I just thought it was an absolute whiff. And I wasn't going to really bring it up until Dap and I, until you said like, Oh, I think I read the same one. We were doing it up, up, we were doing a uh, magnetic arama because I, I I'm such a fan of magnetic. Like I I almost feel guilty besmirching something that they put out. But I yeah for for whatever reason, in the rarest of of, of cases, the monolith was a, was a whiff for me. What did you think of it, birthday boy? Yeah, I I I, uh, I really can't um, argue anything there. It it I feel like it went on way too long. Um, I don't know if it was supposed to, you know, evoke the feeling of like 127 days or something where you're like, holy crap, I'm, I'm, I'm stressed for this woman and, and she's in this predicament. I knew based on the preview, I mean, that, that's, that's what bums me out a little bit about magnetic section and previews. It's like their two pages are just for whatever two books there are and very little about what you're going to see inside. The right. Book, no, no, no preview images, generally no, no huge description. Yeah. So you'll get what you get in, in, in the solicit and description. And, and I knew that, uh, based on, on that, that, uh, something happens where she is stranded outside of the vehicle. Her baby is inside the vehicle and she can't get in. And, and, and the vehicle is pretty much impenetrable. And, uh, and, and, you know, it's, it's, she's cold. Uh, it, it's, uh, it's, they're in the desert. So, you know, during the day, the heat was beating on the, on, on, on the SUV. So, uh, this kid's just sitting there in the car seat. It's, you know, you, it, it ended the way I think it had to end. Um, there's, it, it just, yeah, it, it it would have been if they made this into a movie like I think they maybe were planning on at some point when 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 the uh, when when the writer had come up with the idea I think that was the uh, the plan was to maybe film it 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 would have been a um, a quick no more than it would have been a short film it 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 just I think they could have gotten everything they needed to get into um, in uh, twenty twenty five minutes but. There were parts that looked neat, but yeah, I just, I, it's, it, it's, it looks cool in spots, but, um, 
yeah, and and there. Listen, even a whiff of magnetic is still still looks better than some other publishers' books, and I'm not going to um, I'm not going to compare this magnetic book to others that I've enjoyed, but um, it is it 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 kind of stands out like a sore thumb when when we're so used to getting such good stuff from the publisher mm-hmm. uh, that something like this comes out and it's like oh all right well i mean they can't all be home runs and it it's i think i think the, the idea the germ of the idea could be neat i just think um the 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 execution may have just um for me the the execution just fell a little flat but um i uh i'm looking forward to i mean if they if, if they want i i'm not writing them off if 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 lorenz and if they come up with another story if, if there's another magnetic book on the horizon by these creators i'll um i'm, I'm curious but i think the 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 idea behind this particular story um didn't exactly knock me over mm-hmm. now see i think you're doing the book a tad disservice by saying it's it's digital I, I'm looking at these pages, and there's drawing going on here. There's real, honestly. There are some. Yes, yes. She gets she gets bit by a snake, and she hallucinates. And, and there's, yeah, there, there's, there's a a part of the book that's drawn traditionally that's well, totally different art style. Well, no, I don't. I don't exactly mean that. I mean even oh. the the panels that look um, digital. There, there's honestly God drawing going on with. I mean, to me, I think the the approach here is not too far removed from Acuna. I mean, they still he the, the especially in the way this this Lorenz okay. render, renders faces. The, I could see that. I mean, I'm not the biggest Acuna fan either, so no, I, I kind of love them. Uh, I'm 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 not hating what I see on these pages, but you know, I like I said, I I haven't read it, but um, I think the Where's visual the piano tuner left me turgid. This left me liptic. Yeah, I kind of <laughs> the... like the look of this thing. I, 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 there are scenes where, where she's having her little fever dreams and her nightmares and, and, and she's wandering, uh, through naked and, and there are some, there are some pages that look fantastic. Like I said, I, if, if Lorenz comes out with something else, I'm open to checking it out. Um, but I think also the, the, the characters here, this, the, the, Sandra is not uh, somebody I'm rooting for. I just right. uh, did. There's just yeah. there's certain things about, and you know, her her husband is is overbearing, overprotective, and and um, you know, she's uh, but like justifiably so though. Yes. Yeah. 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 Because she, yeah, you know, she's she's she's, she's, she's a recovering she addict, and yeah, you know. So there's there's just um, it's yeah, she's. She's not a nice person, so you're kind of not really. Oh man, I really hope she saves this kid, and 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 they make it through. And I, it's like the at no point was I like. There are parts where I'm just like, I feel bad for this kid because he doesn't deserve it. But I mean, you know, she kind of. I'm I'm not I'm not crying any tears for her. Yeah, I'm just not. I'm not trying to make you recant, but I'm looking at one page. <laughs> no, I'm just I I I'm the, on this one single page that I'm looking at. The range of emotions goes from nonplussed. To determined, to borderline insane, to quizzical, and I'm like, that's not easy to pull off. Um, regardless of the medium or the the media with which he's working, I mean, there, he's still there's still a human behind this thing. Uh, whether or not it looks processed to you, I can't speak to that. But to me, it just looks um, very painterly, right? 
Well, look, yeah. I mean, humans made Transformers Beast Wars too, but I don't like the look of it. I mean, it's like humans it's, make digital art, but I don't. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be one hundred percent. I mean, yes, some of this stuff is digital, but I wouldn't be one hundred percent sure that all of this is digital. I don't know. It might not be. I'm just saying what it looked like to me. It looked like right. like a CG, like like a ninety CGI cartoon, which I, yeah. I just don't. The, just there's a play. lot of high chroma color in here, which may yeah. lend itself yeah. to yeah. digital. Yeah, I get that, but um, no, I think it looks pretty cool. Whatever. I'll give you my copy when you come over uh, next month. It's it's creeping up. Right? Soon enough. It's going to be is. glorious. Yeah, well, Dude, I know that they are definitely hurting for Artist Alley people. Really? really? Well, because, I mean, you know, our guy Schlepsig, who, yeah. no disrespect to him, we, I mean, I got commission from him. It's awesome. But, like, dude is indie as indie. I mean, he's, like, just getting started in the business. And, you know, he would normally be the kind of person that, like, can't table at New York Comic Con. And he just posted yesterday like oh i got a late you know i got a late addition to new york comic-con artist alley and i'm like oof i'm like that tells me that you know they're basically like you know x number of artists apply for artist alley usually maybe they take the top 20 percent that apply and it sounds like they're getting down towards the bottom of of potential applicants now which is fine we're just gonna hang out yes we are we may reap the benefits of those rewards, though. That's right. Right? So it's great. Uh, I, I'm all for being exposed to artists that I've never seen because of the, the, the rigid uh, entrance you know, requirements. So great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Throw them at me. I'll, I'll buy their shit. Why not? Word up. Yeah. Dap, look whose turn it is. <laughs> it's yours. Oh man, um, I uh, well, I'm not going to talk about this because I didn't love it, even though um, it was on Jason's list of best thing he read that week. Um, what was that? I'll 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 mention it later. Um, oh, okay. There won't be my new travels, but I'll mention it later. Huh. The um, but I I did catch up on. Uh, I'm making my way through. Um, everything that uh milestone has put out to date so i caught up on uh, static season one the first three issues um you know i i'm i'm dying for that second issue of hardware which hopefully might be next week but um that's still that's still the one to beat i i, I talked about icon and rocket last week um static it, it's it's still virgil hawkins uh you know kid who loves his family and the family loves him uh high school student and um this one kind of mostly ties into uh the milestone returns infinite edition that um we got half of digitally last year um and they when they released it in print they uh they beefed it up with some additional story uh the the milestone returns one shot basically kicks off with the big bang where um there's a protest going on in dakota uh the, the the city of dakota um this is all post george floyd there's there's blm posters all over the place and uh the cops are here to keep the peace wink wink they start releasing these these canisters gas canisters that they uh just figure you know this will get everybody scurrying back home um 
but you know, faces start melting. People start turning Jesus. into puddles, and 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 one kid bursts into flames, and um, shit just goes crazy. And the cops are like, "What the, the fuck are we shooting off here? Like, what the I like nothing. Who who tested this? And this is all. This is all. I well, I believe it's orchestrated by Edwin Alva, who of course is the mentor of um of Curtis Metcalf, who is hardware. Um but Alva seems to uh have manipulated the digital and paper trail. Um he's basically going to put all this blame on on Curtis that uh you know this was this was Curtis's experiment. These were his uh these were his designs. Um I'm not sure why they were went out untested. Um, I, of course, said when Alva have, you know, nothing to do with, with the poor quality of this. And this is insane. Because uh, Curtis has been working. He's been part of Alva Industries since, like, he was 14. Um, and, and you know, his his face is, his young face is basically was, was, was part of the company for so long. Um, but I guess Alva's kind of over him or, or, or maybe he feels Curtis outlived his usefulness, but getting back to Virgil, um, he wakes up, um, in a, uh, he, he wakes up after the protest cause he has no idea what the hell happened. The, the gas happened and, and, um, and next thing you know, he passes out and, and he has no idea like for how long really. Um, but he wakes up his, his parents, his sister, they're, happy to see him and um i'm sure everything's fine and when um when there's there's this kid francis who basically who bullies virgil like every day and uh and 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 he's a prick and he's abusive and and he's he's grown up to be uh fantastic misogynist and and you know future supreme court guy right here and, and we have these people who um there we, we we cut to uh after virgil wakes up we um we cut to to curtis who who left work early um because he knows some shit's about to go down and um and he's like oh alva wanted to to speak with you he's like well I'm, i already left the building um uh does he want to talk now or can i wait till i'm back in the office tomorrow and you're like oh no tomorrow morning's fine you know and um but uh, he he knows you know, Curtis is a very smart black man, and he knows you know when something goes wrong, he's going to be looked at. So he uh, he he heads off to one of his um, his uh, safe houses. Um, he thinks he kept it on the down low, but uh, cops show up and and they're like, you know. It's the, the demand he opens the door. He's like, "Well, okay, then I guess I, I guess this place this place wasn't such a secret." Or, um, he's been tracked this whole time. Cops break down the door, and they're like, "We know you're armed. You're under arrest. Drop your." And they just, I mean, they come in blasting away. And 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 he's standing there in his in his hardware armor. He's like, "You, you didn't even give me a warning before you emptied your pistols at an unarmed man." And and they're like. Uh, and and so they're just 
standing there dumbfounded. They have no idea who the hell this guy is dressed up like this. And um, he uh, he starts fighting back. The cops dip out. Um, we we see a couple other kids who were affected by the gas. One dude, what one kid looks like a demon. Um, another guy basically uh, his stomach acid. He's through the floor when he throws up. So, um, the, the the gas has just fucked everybody up. Um, when Virgil does go back to school, um, Francis is there starting shit and, and he's flexing his powers, you know, to intimidate everybody. Um, and, uh, and, and, and Virgil's had enough and, and starts fighting back. Um, but of course, Francis, instead of being the, the typical bully who, once you put him in his place, realizes, you know, he's not better than anybody else. He, he actually he just doubles down and, and he shows up when, when we get to the, the, the static series itself. Um, Francis, who now goes by a hot streak, shows up and torches torches the Hawkins house. I mean, it's, it's it, we find out it's basically superficial damage, some some. Uh, some of the uh, shingles on the roof need to be replaced. Uh, the rooms inside could just basically use a fresh coat of paint. There hasn't really been a lot of heavy damage. Uh, the windows need to be replaced. But um, but Virgil's like, you know, you can't come to my house and and and, and threaten my family. And and so he ends up putting Francis down. And when Francis is arrested. And taken in, Francis is like, well, I can give you names. Like, I know people who were at the Big Bang, and and they're dangerous. And, you know, so so now we got Francis fucking working for the government to snitch on other metas. And, and it's just, it's, I, I just, I, I, I can't wait for something to fucking happen to this kid. And, and I just, I, 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 I need to read the rest of the series just to hope Hot Street gets taken down. But um, the art is crisscross is doing layouts i really wish crisscross did the pencils um because the uh the art by um daddy mac draper ivy well yeah um but the art is it's um it's fine it's it it works to tell the story but it's it's a little sparse in places for my liking and 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 going back to what vince just said about the chroma color i mean there's a lot of that here it's 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 mm-hmm. it's almost like jj abrams is 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 directing this book because there's there's lens flare in weird places that you kind of don't expect to see but um the the coloring just kind of throws me off a bit and and but you need the coloring because i think if this was if this wasn't colored um some of the the line work would just like kind of disappear and 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 when you see the side profiles of people or things like that but um you know the 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 story by Vidyala is it's strong it's 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 a really good story um it's it's the one milestone book so far of the three mm-hmm. that actually gets me um uh anxious and and tense because i'm i i feel for virgil i feel for his friends and and i hate and i it's no secret how i feel about bullies but this is the one where i'm like someone just threw a touchdown this is this is the one (laughs) no there's an alarm sorry um this one actually gets 
it, it, it gets me amped up. It is, there's, um, it's a little bit more, I think, based in the real world. Not, yeah, hardware is because of what Curtis is going through, but um, he's still at times basically just a Black Tony Stark, and and um, it, it's there are things in Static that are a bit more believable, or at least um, touch a nerve a little bit more than than it does for me in hardware. I, I hardware still I think the strongest looking book and um and and the story because of what he's going through and dealing with with, with his boss and, and the man, it's gonna rock hardware hard, but um but static has has the heart and it's the one where it, it's still it, it's 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 milestone Spider Man where he's you know he's, he's, he's the young kid who's treated like crap in high school and and um and is just trying to make the world a better place and it, it's um there are neat moments where when um when Virgil needs is is looking for assistance he does call Curtis before all the shit goes down for Curtis um. I actually know Curtis is in hiding, so so this is after the events from uh, from Hardware, but um, and Curtis lets him know about a storage lot, a storage unit, and uh, and Virgil ends up checking the place out, and that, that's where he gets his his outfit that that uh, keeps him protected, and, and so I mean it all it all makes sense, and and then you know it's not like he's necessarily peter parker who's making his own webbing and and but he um you know he's got the mentor with uh with curtis and and it just it reinforces the tight-knit connection that the coda books have but yeah i i um it's i, I know it, they say season one it's a six issue miniseries so i'm hoping you know season two won't be far behind after the sixth issue comes out but um yeah i uh Static is still a yeah, milestone period, but yeah, I, um, I, it's almost, it's, it's kind of bittersweet. I loved seeing milestone back, but after the past year and a half, it's like, it, it's, you know, it, it, it's not necessarily escapism and, uh, mm-hmm. and, and, and the, the subject matter, um, can hit close to, closer to home because back then, you know, you're reading these books in, in, in the mid nineties and you're like, wow, this is all crazy. And I, I yes, of course, these things were, were happening. The, the characters who they were and, and what they represented, things were happening in the real world. But now obviously uh, in the past couple of years, it's just been more, more people are aware of it. And, um, and as it should be, because it shouldn't be happening at all, but you know, the more eyes on it, but yeah, uh, I am glad Milestone is back. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, I love my, we're all, I love that Milestone comics are back in the world. I, um, I, I, my only wish is that I was as excited about them being back as I thought I would be before I read them. Mm. Like, I, like, I think they, they were, it's good. And I'm like happy that they exist, but I haven't, but I wasn't, like blown away by any of them so far. Okay. Like, like meaning that like they slot to me in the same place as like, Oh, that's like, they're good superhero comics. I'm like, Oh, that's cool. Like they're like much of, of what I read on any given month. But I, I, I wasn't like, I wasn't like dying to race onto the microphone and 
and riff with you about it, you know, yet. But like they're still putting their pants on. Maybe maybe they'll they'll grow into that. Mm-hmm. Jason. Vince. You didn't tell us about your little uh movie theater escapade. Oh, you mean to see Shang-Chi? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um well we were uh as you as you know, we were in Florida uh hitting the Disney. And so we got back in the night we got back, we went and uh got tickets for Shang-Chi. And um it was myself and my middle and youngest sons. Uh everybody gave it a big thumbs up. I I liked it quite a bit. But I did post on the Facebooks that um like it was a weird experience for me because um I view a lot of the Marvel films as not having analogs that they can be compared to. Now, of course I recognize that like if you want to broaden it and like compare them to other big budget sci-fi films or big budget action films. Like I get that. Like certainly I'm, but what I mean is like they are distinctive enough in characters and what they're about that. Like, I don't, I don't, as I'm watching them, I'm not like drawing comparisons to the vast film history that I have in my head, you know, in this case, for whatever reason, uh, I did do that because it is for good and for bad, a, a martial arts film you know it's it's a it's a it's a martial arts film set in the mcu and there's a lot of coolness about that as a fan of of martial arts films and a fan of the mcu like that's cool and i enjoyed it quite a bit but i think that like my kids came away way more stoked by the film than i did because they have precious little experience with martial arts films whereas i in like from start to finish, I was comparing it probably unfairly, but I just couldn't help it. You know, reaction to reaction to the many, the myriad of great of things I would consider great martial arts films. And so like, I would say it's an okay martial arts film and the wrapper of the MCU and the Easter eggs and the characters and who they run into. And like that stuff makes it neat and cool because I'm a fan of the MCU. You know, Um, I will say that, that, um I watching it like not like obviously being being a not being Asian I watched it thought like oh it seemed to me in my not like in my completely outsider view that it was like fairly they did a fairly good job of trying to be representative um like showing American Chinese the Chinese American culture you know what I mean like and 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 it it seemed it felt like they really worked hard to flip to make this film the antithesis of what the comic was back in the day, which was largely an exploitation comic. Um, and then I, I have to say like Asian friends of mine that have seen the film seem to echo that they did think it was pretty well done in terms of representation. So I think that was, that was cool. Um, I thought the actors were great. Like I thought they all were very likable and um, I think Shang-Chi himself, he's a very like totally, totally interesting likable character i hope we and i think we're going to see him quite more i think we're going to see him in the doctor strange film i'm pretty sure he's going to be an avenger so like all for that um but yeah but like i would give it probably like a seven out of ten whereas my kids would probably give it eight or nine and that's simply because i left the film partly thinking like oh i want to go home and watch you know 
Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, or I want to go home and watch, you know, Raid, you know, like I, like I, I was like, that was kind of my thinking, like, like, I, or I, I want to watch, you know, Drunken Master, like that, those were the, you know, that was kind of in my head as I was leaving the theater. Uh, and, and I, as I say this, I recognize that for some people might think that's not fair to compare something to something else, but you know, I, you can't help what, you can't help where your mind takes you when you watch something. So yeah, that's, that's kind of where I am with it. Nice. Mm-hmm. But I highly recommend it. Like, it's definitely not my least favorite Marvel film. It's not my favorite. Uh, but overall, I think uh, it, you know, it was pretty well done. And I will say the special effects were terrific. Like the, there, you know, there are mystical dragons and demons, and I thought they did a really nice job with all of that. But when don't they at the, you know, Marvel gets that shit right. Like when don't they, right? I mean, they have right. unlimited budget, so. All right, curiosity fulfilled. Here you go. Yeah, I know you're not gonna. I'm sure you're not. I'm sure you haven't fired the Fandango app and order tickets. This is true. But I just wanted to hear your take on it. There you go. Dap didn't see it yet, right? I did not. So there you go, people. Wow. A whole bunch of comic goodness in uh, a little bit of time. Uh, If you want more of this stuff, you go to the Twitter and the Reddit and the Instagram and the Facebooks, and we're all there. Uh, And we always forget to mention the Patreon page, uh, patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics look at that if you would like a little bit of insight into what the uh the patrons get they get tons of stuff and it's only going to be more voluminous as the year progresses uh there'll be a ton of new york uh, city comic-con on there i'm sure video audio a bunch of different stuff do peruse our sponsor it's very important if you're a fan of saving money and really who's not the specials I want you to take notice of are from Aftershock. Croak number one will cost you $2.49. The great Jim Mafood returning to his uh, signature property. Girl Scouts, this is number one of six, will cost you $1.99. And last but certainly not least, Dynamite has Sheena, Queen of the Jungle, number one. For a paltry one ninety nine, dcbservice.com. Did any of you read Conan 25? No. No. Well, in legacy numbering, apparently, and there's no way of really checking this, but, you know, um, we're told that the legacy numbering is issue 300. And I got to say, there is a tight bunch of creators on this issue. Jim Zub, Corey Smith, Larry Hama, Paul Davidson, Dan Slott, Marcos Martin, uh, Roberto De La Torre doing his very best Big John impersonation. Love it. And Christopher Priest. Uh, but he here he's listed as Priest, FKA Jim Owsley, formerly known as Jim Owsley. Yes. But on the story proper, it doesn't say. Um, priest, I believe it just says Jim Owsley. So he's not formally known as Jim Owsley. He's still known as Jim Owsley because it doesn't say priest on the the story blurb. It just says James Owsley story. But whatever, I don't know. How. Maybe he maybe he wrote it when he was still Jim Owsley. I don't know. 
Um, I have doubts of that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because uh, Roberto De La Torre did the art. Whether they had this, uh, it couldn't have been because he hasn't been known as James Owls- James Owsley since like when, like for oh, ever. Been yeah, years. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how he's working it, but um, in a nutshell, each one of these stories, um. And one of the story, uh, in particular, features Conan in different periods in his life. You know, the young uh, rascal eager to, you know, see the world, the middle-aged Conan. Um, not so much middle-aged, but later period Conan with Belit. Uh, there's the, the, the older King Conan who uh, feels the weight of the crown and being confined to one space and having a family. Uh, I I thought this issue was great. The the Jim Zub story features all three periods of Conan's life, and I'm not going to tell you how they pulled that off, but just read it. They they do a little uh, homage to Tower of the Elephant, and uh, there's a spread that takes in a lot of the 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 high points in uh in Marvel's Conan uh rendition the uh Larry Hama story is amazing they're short little things uh but the Paul Davison just slaughters the art it's bloody and brutal as it should be uh Marcos Martin's uh, story is is wordless so dance lot didn't write any dialogue for him. It's all it's all pantomime, and it's basically uh, a drunken Conan succeeding, right? But the 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 Owsley story is great. Uh, the the man can write. I will give him that. And it's it's basically an old way over the hill Conan, uh, drunk off his ass again, struggling to even lift the sword, and uh, he manages somehow. <laughs> to survive i i thought it was a great issue uh perfectly uh, a perfect tribute to um what marvel has done with conan the recent incarnation i mean all the art is just spectacular the stories are great it's it's a nice little package and uh, they let you know uh on the letters page that you know what king conan comes next and King Conan will be illustrated by Mahmoud Azrar. So. Yes, indeed. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, if you're Conan completist, you're going to have this. But if you're uh, curious, Conan curious, I would get this issue because it pretty much, uh, it's it's a primer for the world of Conan. Can you get a cross-section of, of who he is at various times in his lifespan? Uh, and as I said, sometimes all at once, which is neat. Um, poor, mm-hmm. poor Belit. Uh, but yeah, mm. I, I think this was a very, very good issue. Corey Strode posted on the Roy Thomas Facebook group that he was bummed that Roy wasn't involved. As was I. I was just going to bring that up. I, I think it would have been nice that Roy uh, had a piece of this. It, mm-hmm. it, you know, for maybe just a page or two, uh, the Roy put Conan on the map. Uh, literally put Conan on the map. I mean, before Roy, there was only the novels, right? Whatever. I I don't know what goes on behind the scenes of this. Maybe Roy didn't want to do it, or maybe he wasn't asked to. Who knows? Yeah, whatever. I don't don't know the story. Yeah, whatever. But um, yeah, Roy's is not a part of this. But uh, that shouldn't dissuade you entirely from buying it, because I think it was a very very worthwhile read. 
And as a Conan fan, I thought it was right in the pocket. Conan 25, a.k.a. Conan 300. Nice. Yeah. Right in the pocket. Yeah. Uh, any travels? Um, I won't go too deep on these two issues. Um, caught up on Department of Truth, read 11 and 12. 11 um, finished up the uh, the Bigfoot storyline. Um and there was a lot of reading involved in that because there were a lot of handwritten notes by uh, someone who came in contact with the uh, the creature at one point and uh, it cost him his marriage. Issue 12, um, we kind of... Uh, threads that were dangling early on in the series are starting to... Um, come together more or less and come unfrayed and um, seeing a slightly bigger picture and, and, and maybe any supernatural or fantastical events or, or, or mind tricks uh, may have actually had a more, um, more real world as crazy as it may be to think that, you know, people would put th- certain things in motion to manipulate the behaviors or, or actions or, or feelings of other people. Um, you know, maybe the government can be a big, bad, scary person and, um, fuck with kids when they're young, but it's it's you know, what 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 Tinian and Simmons are doing are, is still extremely entertaining to me. Um, I, uh, I I yeah I I feel for Cole um, the, uh, the the main character we're following in in this series and uh, he's he's been manipulated to a degree. He's not getting all the information. He's, he's being told things as the people telling him feel when he needs to know and what he needs to know. So we're, we're, we're kind of at that. Um, we, the readers are also in his shoes because we're not getting uh, the bigger picture or told everything that, uh, that may, that would fill in, fill in some blanks, but it, it's, it's still dark at spots. Um, there's uh there may be some people who are kind of going into business for themselves who, um, were kind of by the book earlier, but yeah, I, I, you know, it's, it's not always, it's not necessarily a straightforward linear book where, you know, James is laying it out from start to finish We're we're, we're bouncing around a little bit here and there and, and, and normally depending on the situation, um, that can, get on my nerves a little bit and 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 uh it'd be easy for me to be turned off and just say you know that's that's fine other people can enjoy this but i'm not i'm 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 not mad at it here it it it's working for me um the the art definitely helps set the tone and um and put you in the mood it, it put you in that mood for for this particular kind of tale um but uh 
but yeah, I um, it's it's still freaky and 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 it can be a bit um, anger inducing because of uh, what points uh, Tinian's making and and uh, in the past that he's using to to tell tell the tale. Um, but I'm oh, I, I'm I'm still happy to see it when it's uh when i show up and, and and it's sitting there waiting for me on the pull list so in your travels catch up on department of truth right on yeah i'm behind not because i'm not enjoying the book i just big stacks you know regine yes um in your travels i'm going to touch on two things because one i know that uh my uh my contractually obligated stand-in tony fleece talked about this book last week which is uh did you hear what eddie gein done written by harold Schechter and eric powell drawn by eric powell um you know on the surface this is a book like totally up my alley i know vince is in that that kind of dark part of the real world um but like my thoughts on it are a little it's a little conflicted because you know, I am not, uh, I'm on record as I'm like, I don't care for the goon. And so as a result, I rarely, if ever see Eric Powell, Powell's work. Um, so on one hand, like I really enjoyed this book because I do think in spite of my lot, like caring for the goon, like I think Eric is an incredibly talented cartoonist. Like I, I do think he's, he's really, really good at, at, at drawing stuff. Um, and in fact, I, at reading this, I was like very much got the an EC vibe, you know, I mean, a lot of Jack Davis in there. It's just so I, I like visually, I loved it. I, and I love his work and I, I definitely hope he does other non goon stuff in the coming years. Um, now the conflict because it comes from the fact that like it is wordy as fuck and it's largely a talking heads book and i guess like he was a serial killer and like i don't necessarily know that you can turn that into an action book per se so i don't know that i should be surprised by that but it was a really clinical take man like it was really like essentially saying hey like what did we expect like Eddie Eddie Gein had a crazily weird and bad childhood, and so of course he turned out all fucked up. And like, um, I I don't want to go into long soliloquy, but like I call bullshit on that man. Like I don't ascribe to the idea that we can excuse bad behavior, particularly like off the charts sadistic homicidal behavior because someone had a fucked up childhood and and i'm not necessarily even saying that harold and eric are saying that like it's not like they come right out and say like oh well we can't blame the dude for what he did but there is very much the undertone to that like they spent a lot of the book showing his childhood and what i mean it was a crazy childhood no question about it and and also imply that he well maybe it's factual but they they spend a lot of time focusing on the fact that he's got a low iq and is mentally challenged and, and, and has learning disabilities. And so like it all comes out in the wash is basically like saying like, well, like what else was going to happen with a person like this? And like, I just, again, I get back to like, that's bullshit. 
Like there are people all over the world that grow up in abusive, horribly toxic settings as children. And that sucks. But like they, they come out of it as totally normal, well-adjusted human beings. You know what I mean? So like, am I willing to accept that Eddie Gein was twisted into the fucked up person that ended up killing lots of people and wearing their skin as clothing? Yeah, like certainly we are a product of nature and nurture. And so inevitably having a really bad problematic childhood doesn't doesn't help a person like that. But like the dude was broken mentally and had a darkness to him that is just somewhat like a lottery ticket. And I just don't believe that we should if you're going to tell his story, I don't believe you're doing reality is justice by essentially portraying him as like a victim of circumstance. I, I don't. Uh, and so I, 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 I call shenanigans on it, like on the premise of, of the, of the book. And I guess if I want to be presented with transgressive stuff, like this ain't it, it's not really like there. Yeah. There are scenes where you see like when the cops are coming into his farmhouse and they see, they discover like what he's done and stuff. And, Certainly there are graphic images, but like, give me red room, man. Like let's, let's deal with the transgressive stuff head on and, and actually make it challenging. Right. You know, like let's, let's make it assault our senses and have us question if we even want to look at these images, if that's what you're going to tell them, if that's what you're, if that's, if that's what we're trying to address, then let's address that. Don't, don't turn it into essentially uh, like a, a story about like, oh, this poor kid. Look at what turned, what happened to him because he had a shitty childhood. Like, I, I don't know, man. Like, so yeah, so so I kind of give the the story, the premise, the construct of of how they framed his life uh, a whiff, and then the book is ultimately saved by Powell's exceptional cartooning. So, so that's that's my main inner travels, and I just wanted to shout out because, and I'm going to keep this short because we're I know we're all going to do a big deep dive on this as soon as you bastards. Get off your asses. And that is Tales to Enlighten. Like, we're not going to do a book of the month on this per se. Oh, but should. I think once you guys read it, like, we're going to spend a lot of time talking about it because it was delightful. <laughs> oh, my God. Is it an absolute treasure from start to finish? Like, everything about it is wonderful. It is, you know, it is bitingly sarcastic it is uh it, it 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 directly just just washes us with 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 uh marvel 60s and 70s era characters or analogs of them in really raw debased situations i mean vince there's a a part where sue is getting absolutely pounded by a namor analog i saw while, that yep yep yeah while reed is watching getting cucked on it and I mean, you got basically the stars of the book are Son of Satan and Machine Man who go on a, a multi-dimensional killing spree and then a multi-dimensional drug spree and adventure and a revolution. And it's just and then there's all these interstitial chapter breaks that have made up classified ads and made up house ads. And, and, and it's just the whole thing is just incredible. And each page is so unbelievably detailed and colored by James Edward Clark. Like, wow, it's great. So if, if any of you didn't get tales to enlighten, you've, the clock is ticking for you to acquire it and read it before we gush about it. Tick, tick, tick. Yep. 
Okay, everybody. Hey, this is it. We're out of here. One more time. Let's say happy birthday to David. Happy, Bryce. happy birthday. Happy, happy day. Wow, you got he sung to you. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Bose. Yeah, shut up. Did you do anything special today? Did you special dinner? Uh, Any presents? No, here? no. Well, um, well, what, um, what Renee's getting me is it, well, she, she surprised me. With um, one of my vices are um, the uh, our goobas from Nestle, just straight up chocolate covered peanuts. Uh, so, so she got me a couple boxes of that, but the the gift she's getting me um, is on its way. No, no special dinner because we're probably going to do something tomorrow night. But um, nice. and then I had to. I well, I wasn't at work. I was in a training session, but it was still work related. So I I, mm-hmm. I was stuck in the house. But I did. Um, I got a shout out. Um, our boy, Anthony Gonzalez, uh, and um, uh, Tavin Pasek, and Darren Helsel, who we will see in Seattle in December. Uh, um, and, uh, yeah, they, they, um, the, the stuff they sent uh, is just blows my mind and um, almost brought a tear to my face because I, I, um, I have the, I have loose figures of the old uh, graffiti designs, um, Kevin Matchstick and Hunter Rose Grendel. Actually, Wet Rats gave me the um, the Grendel, and Darren sent me, still in the box, both of those figures. And I'm, I'm I really want to open them, but I probably won't just yet. Um, but yeah, and and socks with Bigfoot on them. Not uh-huh. socks for big feet, but they actually have Bigfoot. Like the design is 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 Bigfoot walking through the woods. Nice. <laughs> but yeah, no. I mean, it was it was it was it was a nice day. It was Thursday. It was it wasn't anything really special. It it I I'm I'm um, I'm humbled and flattered and and feel loved by all the all the messages from the patrons on the Slack from uh, from folks on Twitter and Facebook and the texts I received today. And I love you all. Thank you very much. Nice. Now, Next do you... the big 5-0, Dap. Yep. It is. Is that when we're going to Japan? Oh. Oh, that would be nice. So, are your 50th and Vince's 60th? What the... F- <laughs> what? Yes. Oh, wrong. <laughs> do your damn job. Say good. No. It's your dick. 60. You cock. You're lucky I love you. David... Uh... Good. Knock him off the horse right now. I'm not gonna say Jack. Kick him off the horse, you son of a bitch. Why would you want to do that? You just—it's my birthday. Why would you want to mess me up? A whole oh, you need a freebie on your so, birthday? Is that how it works? I don't need a freebie, really, David. Damn, I so I need a freebie. Oh, I think you came in a little early on that. Uh, you could think that. I—I I just did. I know. I'm, just, <laughs> I'm, I'm allowing you to think that. You can. Oh well, thank you. I lost Very my. Welcome. I lost my cap. In the wine glass. Damn it. <laughs> Shit. All right, everybody. We're out of here. We love you so much. Come back next time. Shenanigans will ensue. But we need you. Yes, sir. That's it for that one. <laughs> <laughs>